Welcome, I am Bree. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, the founder of Femme Fusion Fitness, and the author of Lady Bits, Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally. My mission is to build community and awareness around women's wellness and pelvic health. I invite you to listen, laugh, learn about, and love all of the bits that make you whole. Let's go to the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome to part two of this uh, topic, this series that I have going right now, which is a pelvic pain series. And this series is really important to me for so many reasons. Um, Reason number one is that I'm working on a new course. It's going to be available pretty soon, all about overcoming pelvic pain for women. And I already have a really amazing course out there for men that is the same name, Overcome Pelvic Pain. This new course is for women. And I it's just so important to me that it is released right now in this current time of the world where tensions are running high. Because honestly, right now, there is a lot more pelvic pain and tension going on in the world. It seems kind of crazy to say such a blanket statement, but right now, when tensions are running high, a lot of people are experiencing the emotional tension in their body. And there are a few uh, places that people tend to carry tension and resulting pain. And that tends to be in the shoulder girdle. So the shoulders, the neck, the head, so headaches, and then the pelvic girdle. So pelvic aches. (laughs) Uh, There's actually an amazing book. I've talked about it before, but it's called A Headache in the Pelvis. And it's really equating to how um, pelvic pain is similar in a way to headaches and head tension, that awful pounding and strap around the head that we can get that we all know and, and don't love. That feeling up top is very similar to what we can develop down in the pelvic region. So with the tensions that are running high right now in the world, like I said, a lot of people are experiencing pain in the pelvic region too. So for that particular reason right there, I just want to bring awareness to the topic of pelvic pain, which is why last week I introduced to you uh, Laura and her story about how she had had years and years and years of pelvic pain and had no idea she'd been, you know, given the runaround, she'd gone to doctor after doctor and had always uh, been given kind of, um, you know, diagnoses that may or may not have actually been accurate. Sometimes she was just given antibiotics, even if she didn't have a bacterial infection. And it wasn't until she finally went to a particular healthcare provider who made her aware of the fact that her pain might actually be from tension in the pelvic floor muscles. It wasn't until then that she was able to actually get better. And she has completely resolved her pain condition simply by relaxing and releasing the pelvic muscles. So it's so interesting because I'm I'm quite uh, familiar and I follow Dr. Nicole Cozine's work. She really specializes in interstitial cystitis, which is a condition of the bladder. So it's, it's bladder pain, basically. But the thing is, even though bladder pain is, you know, centered in... Uh, pain in the bladder area, it's not just an issue of 
the bladder. So that's one of the big myths of IC or interstitial cystitis is that it's just a condition of the bladder. Well, it's not. It also involves the pelvic floor muscles and pelvic tension and pain in the muscles that surround the bladder because, you know, there is pain in the bladder region, which causes the muscles around it to tense up. Same thing with conditions such as endometriosis or uh, period pain, that kind of thing. These aren't just conditions of uterine tissue or the you know pain in the uterus. It also results in pain and dysfunction in the pelvic region, the muscles of the pel- pelvic region. I mean, we could probably think of other conditions as well. Um, various things, digestive issues. So often people have issues with digestion or constipation or bloating, just pain in the belly, that kind of thing. That can also cause tension and holding in the pelvic muscles and hip muscles. So it's really all connected. You really can't have just a single isolated issue. Um, You know, the issue is in the, the tissue itself And then it comes into surrounding tissues. And then there is a whole cycle where it also involves your emotions and your, you know, some, you know, uh, central nervous upregulation. So you have issues in the tissues, issues in the surrounding tissues, and then issues in the central nervous system as well. So I've just thrown a lot at you right now. (laughs) I know that this is a really big topic, but basically what I'm trying to say is everything's connected. The organ that is a affected if 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 there is an organ affected in your condition the surrounding musculoskeletal tissues and also the brain that controls it all so part 2 today what i wanted to share with you is that concept, what I just said. Um, Again, part one, last week I shared Laura's story. So if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend uh, listening to part one of this pelvic pain series, series, um, Laura's story. Listen to that next. But right now, I actually just want to read to you a chapter out of my book, Lady Bits. I haven't read anything from my book for quite a long time. Interestingly enough, this podcast actually started with the intention for me to do book readings of chapters of my book, Lady Bits, every week. And I think I read the first seven chapters to you guys, and then I got sidetracked by all the amazing people I know in the world of women's health and pelvic health, and I started doing a lot of interviews and just chatting about various subjects. But I do want to go back to my book this week for part two of my pelvic pain series to just simply read a portion of chapter, gosh, I'm flipping through my page right now. I think it's chapter eight or nine, but this chapter actually goes through several different conditions that women can experience throughout a lifetime. And one of the conditions that I talk about is pelvic pain and dyspareunia, which is painful sex. So let's go ahead and dive into the book reading. I'm going to go ahead and just read it straight from my book. But as I'm reading, I'd like for you to remember that this pelvic pain and dyspareunia, the painful sex that I'm going to be talking about, can be a result of all sorts of conditions. It can be simply, it can be a result of what I mentioned before. Maybe somebody has interstitial cystitis bladder pain. Maybe they have digestive issues. Maybe they have endometriosis or really bad period pain, or maybe they had an injury, um, fell on their tailbone, something like that. Or maybe they had uh, 
pain and trauma during childbirth. So all of these issues could be the underlying cause for this kind of blanket condition of pelvic pain and painful sex. So just kind of keep that in mind as I'm going through this this conversation. So here it is from my book, which again, the title of my book is Lady Bits, Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally. I'm going to go ahead and start reading now. This In the printed book, this starts on page 122. So here we go. If you suffer from dyspareunia, excuse me, if you suffer from dyspareunia or pain with intercourse, please seek help from a qualified women's health physical therapist or other specialized healthcare provider. Dyspareunia is, fa- is a fairly common condition, and unfortunately, it's frequently left untreated since many women are embarrassed to talk about it, ashamed of their condition, or left to think that it's normal for sex to be painful. Women who suffer from dyspareunia may not want to have sex, but often feel obligated to participate for the sake of their partner. If you have dyspareunia, you might have brought up the issue with your healthcare provider and been left to think that it's all in your head. It's not. Or that the condition will resolve on its own. It may or may not. You may feel like your provider does not care or is not listening to you, but in actuality, he or she may not be aware of the symptoms of dyspareunia or the broader category of pelvic pain that often contributes to painful intercourse, chronic pelvic pain syndrome, or CPPS. CPPS is a mystery to many healthcare providers because the cause is not often clear and the symptoms can vary widely. And I want to just, this is me talking now. I'm not reading from my book. (laughs) I want to just put in there that a lot of women are told the very unfortunate um, thing of just drink a glass of wine and it'll all be okay. And I just want to apologize right now to anyone who's ever heard that from their healthcare provider. I am apologizing on behalf of the medical profession. That is not okay to be told just drink a glass of wine or a bottle of wine. (laughs) That's not okay. So um, I can't tell you, though, how many times I've heard that from people. It's just a shame. So I'm going to go back to the book. Um, CPPS can result from a variety of factors, including traumatic injury, such as car accidents or falls, injuries sustained during pregnancy or childbirth, a history of painful periods or endometriosis, a history of chronic urinary tract infections or yeast infections, interstitial cystitis, painful bladder syndrome, psychological trauma, or a history of physical or sexual abuse. Often it's a combination of multiple issues, the culmination of a complicated gynecological and or psychosocial history that results in overactive, painful pelvic floor muscles. Overactive pelvic floor muscles make intercourse painful. Painful intercourse leads to anxiety about intercourse, which leads to more muscle tension and more pain. Does this strike a chord with you? Initially, you may not think twice about your own gynecological or pelvic health history, but when you put all the pieces together, you may realize, I really have been through a lot. I've worked with many women with CPPS who have histories that sound something like this. So here's an example. When I was 15, I fell off a horse and landed on my tailbone. I couldn't walk for over a week. Then when I was 17, I had a huge ovarian cyst that ruptured and sent me to the emergency room. Afterward, I kept having pain in my lower abdomen, and my gynecologist recommended exploratory laparoscopic surgery. Turns out I had endometriosis, and over the next five years, I had three additional surgeries to remove 
endometrial lesions. Luckily, I was still able to have kids. My first son weighed eight pounds and I tore badly. My second pregnancy was a miscarriage. My third pregnancy resulted in an emergency C-section because I was nearly two weeks late and the baby was huge and breech. I had a hysterectomy last year because of a uterine fibroid and my surgeon said I had a ton of scar tissue in the abdomen and pelvis. Dot, dot, dot. Do you think any of this contributes to the pain I experienced during sex? Do I think her history contributes to her pain? Yes. This fictional patient, although similar to multiple women I have worked with, has dealt with pathological trauma from endometriosis and ruptured ovarian cyst, physical trauma from the fall, three pregnancies, and two difficult live births, scarring from multiple surgeries, and emotional trauma from the miscarriage. It's likely that a pelvic examination would reveal tension and tenderness in the pelvic floor, possibly muscle spasm, and probably weakness. Her pelvic floor muscle dysfunction causes sex to be painful, which creates anxiety and reactive muscle tension related to sex. This causes global muscular tension during intimacy, particularly in the pelvic floor region, which in turn creates even more pain during intercourse, and the cycle continues. If this could be your story too, please seek help. Do not feel like you need to be strong about the pain. It may not resolve on its own. Study and take to heart the information about relaxation that's provided in chapter 11 of this book. Focus on the stretching exercises rather than the strengthening exercises, and do not complete kegels in any form if they cause pain or discomfort. It is important to find a healthcare practitioner who's sympathetic to your condition. A multidisciplinary approach can be incredibly helpful. This should include, at the very least, a gynecologist or certified nurse midwife, nurse practitioner, uh, or naturopath, and a women's health physical therapist. You might also consider seeking the services of a psychologist or counselor and or treatment from a chiropractor, massage therapist, acupuncturist, or holistic nutritionist. Sometimes medication will be prescribed, such as antidepressants, muscle relaxants, or topical creams to dull the pain. My advice with a multidisciplinary approach is to start with the essentials for conservative treatment, for example, a gynecologist and a women's health physical therapist, then add additional disciplines one at a time so that you know what works and what does not. Jumping into 10 different types of therapy at the same time is overwhelming and may not be effective. For example, if you're working with a physical therapist, massage therapist, acupuncturist, herbalist, and psychologist, and notice a change in your condition, you will not know which treatments contributed to the change unless you systematically add them in one by one. On a separate but related note, I'm a firm believer that unless you have an emergent situation or a specific pathology that requires it, surgery should be avoided until conservative treatment options have been exhausted. In short, if you have dyspareunia, there is help for you. For many individuals, the treatment can be as simple as basic stretching and relaxation training, not as complex or risky as going under the knife. So then here in my book, I have a little like heading. It says, just to clarify, physical therapy can help with painful sex? How? Absolutely. Physical therapists are highly trained professionals, often with a doctorate in physical therapy, a DPT, who are experts at evaluating the musculoskeletal system. Physical therapists who specialize in women's health have been specially trained to diagnose and treat conditions associated with pelvic floor dysfunction. If you have been referred to a women's health physical therapist and you're wondering what to expect, read on. Your women's health PT, or listen on, I guess, (laughs) 
Your women's health PT will ask you detailed questions about your current complaints and your history, including your medical and gynecological history, social history, past history of injuries, and your lifestyle. She will want to know specifics about any difficulties you're having from functional activities that have become difficult to social issues you're experiencing due to your problem. Don't leave anything out. Some of the most important details that helped me as a women's health physical therapist diagnose and develop an appropriate plan of care came from remarks that patients made as an afterthought, usually stating, I don't know if this matters, but dot, 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 usually it does matter. After the interview is complete and your women's health PT has a good understanding of your history and current condition, she will move on to a physical examination. Your PT will screen your back and your hips for any impairments that might contribute to your pain. She'll evaluate your posture and complete a pelvic examination. The pelvic examination is a very important component of the initial evaluation. It's usually completed vaginally and or rectally after you have consented to the procedure. Although it might feel uncomfortable and embarrassing, keep in mind that your PT has had extensive training in the pelvic examination procedure, specifically for the evaluation and treatment of the pelvic floor muscles and the surrounding tissues. The pelvic examination helps your PT assess your current level of pelvic floor muscle pain and tension and allows her to begin treatment with manual therapy techniques such as trigger point release and or stretching. In addition to manual therapy techniques completed in clinic, dilator therapy may be prescribed. This involves progressive stretching of the pelvic floor muscles using a tool called a dilator. Dilator therapy is a great adjunct to in-clinic treatment because it can be done at home in a relaxed setting with or without your partner. Relaxation training is an essential component of physical therapy treatment since dyspareunia is a cycle that starts and ends with pain. Pain makes the muscles tense, which causes more pain, which causes more muscular tension, which causes more pain, and on and on. Your PT will help interrupt this cycle so that you can recover and move forward from the pain cycle that can be so debilitating. And just a little side note, I think that I should have clarified in my book, this is me talking now, not reading from the book. I should have clar- clarified a little bit that by relaxation training, I mean not only sort of the um, manual therapy techniques and the, the dilator and work and the stretching and all of that, but I'm, I'm really talking specifically about mindfulness, deep breathing, calming the nervous system, uh, various techniques that can be used to help in that regard. So I'm going to go back to the book. I just have two more paragraphs for you. Here's the book. Always keep the lines of communication flowing. Ask your physical therapist any questions that arise and voice any concerns or discomfort you may have. Open communication is imperative when it comes to successful treatment of pelvic floor dysfunction. Remember, you are not alone if you suffer from pain that makes sex difficult or impossible. It's not your fault. It's not a flaw and there is help. All right. So put my bookmark back in my book. So that's it. That is from uh, my book and all about pelvic pain. And again, I really just wanted to share this today because this is such an important topic and it may be something that you know, you've experienced or a friend or family member has experienced and If they, you know, if it's somebody else in your life, then it probably took them a lot of bravery to even bring this subject up because it can be a source of a lot of 
uh, embarrassment and shame and feeling like there's something wrong with you. Uh, But just know that this is actually a somewhat common condition that a lot of people deal with. And they think, well, you know, it's not really a big deal. You know, it doesn't, you know, it just makes it so that I can't have sex and tampons are hard to use. And I hate going to the gynecologist because it hurts so bad and all of those things. (laughs) Plus, by the way, I have pain throughout my day. You know, all of these things, people just brush it off as no big deal when it is a big deal. And there are things that can be done to help you. And so that's why I'm so passionate about spreading this news and spreading this word that there is hope, there is help, there are things that can be done. And uh, again, I hope that this this segment today gave you a reminder that you know there there are practitioners that can help with this. Contact a women's health physical therapist. I have a bunch of videos on my YouTube channel. You know, honestly, that's what Laura in last week's episode, episode number, I believe it was 36. She just used my videos on YouTube and that's how she was able to help resolve her pain issues. I have a course coming out that's going to be a 12-week guided program called Overcome Pelvic Pain for Women. It is not available quite yet if you're listening to this in real time, but it will be available soon. So check the video or the, the show notes, I should say, the podcast notes for links and resources to a variety of things that could help you. But at the very least, just know that there are options to explore and that you don't just have to drink a glass of wine or a bottle of wine in order to enjoy sex again and to you know enjoy your life again because these are quality of life issues. And yeah, sex isn't everything in life, but it is a part of life and intimacy is a part of life. And sex spills out into the rest of your relationship in most partnerships, not all partnerships, but in most partnerships, it is a big part of the relationship. And so anything you can do to, you know, work with your own health and happiness, to work with your relational health and happiness is really going to impact your entire life. So I hope that this made an impact on you, made a difference. And if you know someone who it could help, please, please share it with her and uh, stay tuned for next week. I have part three of our pelvic pain series and uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great interview. You're going to love it. So thank you so much for listening. Check the show notes and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the entire show. If you loved this episode, please share it with a friend. Let her know how it helped you and what you learned and why she might like it too. And if you would like a free downloadable video portfolio that includes the inner core energizer routine that's found in my book, Lady Bits, plus the first seven days of my ab camp series, simply leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and then send a screenshot of of your review to me, Brianne, at femfusionfitness.com. Again, that's Brianne at femfusionfitness.com. I will personally get back to you with your free downloadable video portfolio. I will see you next time. And remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit.